I want to talk to you about something tonight. Something that might help you just a tad. And um, that is some things from the book of Judges. So take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians. That's the way to the book of Judges. If you didn't know that, you're learning already a lot of stuff. The book of Ephesians. When you read the book of Ephesians, it has a lot to do with victory in the Christian life. Of who you are in the body of Christ, with the family of God, how that you're saved by grace, and then gets into the whole family of God and walking worthy of the vocation wherewith God has called you, and about not having, you know, uh, being swept aside by every wind of doctrine that comes along, and being steadfast and speaking the truth in love. And, and then when you get to chapter 6, talking about the taking upon yourself the whole armor of God and, and being strong in the Lord and, and praying always. So these things are mentioned in there because it has to do with how to take a stand. So I want you to just look real quick at this here in chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians. Look in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And down through the rest of these verses talk about having to be able to stand, to stand. And having done all, to stand. So many of God's people don't take a stand. They're swept aside by every little thing that comes along. They're not steadfast. One of the key things in the Christian life is learning how to be faithful. Learning to be faithful. Now you know that God used Joshua in a great way. And that was to bring the people of Israel into the promised land. Moses got them there, but he didn't take them across Jordan. So God used the next man in line. God used Joshua. And he accomplished a lot of things. And Joshua had victories in the land. And so God used him to conquer and defeat the enemies. And, but one thing that Joshua didn't do, he didn't get all the enemy out of the land. Conquered most of it, but... There were still little pockets of the enemy left in the land. And you'll see what the consequences are because sometimes, you know, some people are really strong in the Lord, but they only have a few little weak points here and there. Those little weak points can bring you down too. Then you have other Christians that are really unstabilized, carnally minded, and occasionally do a few little good things. So although that are strong, take a stand, and do a few little bad things. And then those that are really disobedient, walking in the flesh, and occasionally do a few little good things. So which one are you? But you need to know that there is a price to be paid to have victory. And there is a price to be paid if you don't have victory. One way or the other, there's a price to be paid to Serve the Lord and be obedient is going to cost you. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 14, it can cost you everything. So getting to heaven is free, but discipleship will cost you. So it's going to cost you if you serve the Lord. But consider that if you don't serve the Lord, it's going to cost you. Are you following me so far? You're staying right there with me. It's going to cost you whether you do or whether you don't. It all depends on what's the price you want to pay. If you serve the Lord, you'll have rewards for all eternity, but those rewards are going to cost you something. But if you rebel against the Lord, 
you're not going to have the rewards for all eternity, but God's going to cost you something right here and now that he could chase and discipline you, maybe take you home, and, and then you've lost out for all eternity what you could have had. So it's going to cost one way or the other. I would rather pay a price and get something that lasts than to pay a price and come up totally empty and to waste my life. There was a missionary that came back from the foreign fields, came to this Bible college, and he was teaching in the college classes, you know. And So the student came up to him and asked him this question. What do you do when you can't take the superstition and the violence and the immorality anymore? What do you what do? You do? He says, well, I go back to the mission field. In America, there's probably more superstition and hideous religions and immorality right here in America as there is in any country in the world. And it's bad and it's wicked. But the book of Judges teaches us something. Teaches us the consequences of compromise. If you're going to compromise, understand, they're going to cost you something. So there's a cost, there's consequences of not wholly following the Lord. So I want you to take your Bible and go back there to the book of Judges. To the book of Judges. In chapter 1. Judges in chapter 1. Partial defense is no defense at all. It's like locking four of the gates out of six with a hundred head of cattle inside. You're still going to lose the whole herd. It with one unguarded area of your life. So if you want to be disciplined, you have to discipline every area of your life, or you could lose everything. And that's why it's so important. Dwight L. Moody said this, It's okay for the ship to be in the water, but it's not okay for the water to be in the ship. It's okay for the Christian to be in the world, but the world gets into the Christian, then you sink and you're going to sink fast. It's not the best thing to be involved in. But remember, there is a great difference between the book of Joshua and the book of Judges. You see, Joshua was one man that answered to God, and God led him, and God used him. And a lot of great things happened. And there was victory. But when you get into the book of Judges, well, there's a lot of difference between the two books. The book of Judges was written around 300 to 350 years total for all 21 chapters. But you'll also find out that there are many failures mentioned in the book of Judges. A lot of disobedience. But there's also some heroes, especially four of them that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, that came from the book of Judges that were used by God. And so, while you have a lot of people messing up, you have a lot of people that's doing what's right. And so, you can divide the book of Judges into two sections, and you know, the first 11 chapters, and then chapter 12 to verse chapter 21. But there's something that's unique in both of them, and I'll show you that in just a minute. But look in verse 1 of chapter 1, where it says, Now, after the death of Joshua. Now, Joshua was 110 years old when he died. 110 years old. That's a pretty good long time to live. I wouldn't mind that. But there are some great things that God did with Joshua. He brought him into the land. Took out a lot of the enemy. But now Joshua has 
passed away. Now, in the book of Joshua, it is a book of conquest because it's a book where he conquered. Yes, there was big victories, but there was a few little defeats like at the city of Ai. They had a problem. One of these days we'll go through all of that. But in the book of Joshua, it's also a book of faith. But when you get into the book of Judges, it's not the same way. Because here is a long, sad story of defeat. Discouragement, depression. I mean, they would get so down. And you would think that they would learn their lesson, but they refused to listen. Now to understand that every person, if you back up from the scriptures and you see the book of Joshua and how that you and I are supposed to live a victorious Christian life, like he says in the book of Ephesians, and then you look at the book of Judges, and what's the difference between the two is in the book of Judges it says that every man did that which was right, what? In his own eyes. So you have Christians that will do what God says and have victory in their lives, but then there's others who are going to compromise. In other words, I'll do what God says as long as I agree with God. You know, if we can agree, I'll give in on those areas that I agree with God. But the areas that I disagree because God doesn't know everything, you know. God's not always right, is he? then why don't everybody serve them with all their heart? Because somehow, in their mind, they justify their rebellion. So they're not going to agree with the Lord. And how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So every man did that which is right in his own eyes. So you have a picture of yourself. Do you want victory? Then you'll have to do what Joshua said. God told him. Be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all that I have commanded to do. And that if you'll do what he says, do and meditate therein day and night and move not to the right or to the left. He said, thou shalt have good success and thou shalt be prosperous and blah, 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 blah. And God will do that. Now you can believe that or you set that aside, all the promises of God. And you said, I'm going to do what is right in my own eyes. You may not say those words. It's just that you believe that you're just a little bit wiser than God. And you just want your own way. You know, after we get saved, we're still sheep. And so we wind up messing up our lives. So in the book of Joshua, it's a book of faith. But in the book of Judges, it's not a book of faith. It's a book of rebellion and disobedience. And one of these days, I'm going to preach up a storm. Yes, I hear that, and I bet you do too. But there are people under Joshua were united. But when you do that which is right in your own eyes, you have lost that nuclear glue that holds you together in unity. Because if you do that which is right in your own eyes, how can you agree with everybody? Then if you can't agree with everybody, you can't have unity. So that's why you have the bitterness and the arguing and the fighting and all that stuff that goes on. Because there can't be victory. Compromise will cost you. Compromise will cost you. And so the people were united, but there it was division. Division 
and anarchy, rebellion to God. And so that's why these two books paint two different pictures, one of victory and conquest and faith, unity, and where Joshua had made the statement, as for me and my house, what did he say? We will serve the Lord. But see, there has to be a strong leader. And Joshua was a strong leader. Now, in the book of Joshua, there is God's word as the authority. They knew God spoke, he obeyed, and God blessed. But whenever you get away from God, then it's going to be what's right in your own eyes. It's man deciding what he thinks is the best thing to do. So man becomes the authority. Now remember this, in the book of Judges, there is history repeating itself over and over and over and over again. Here you have seven times, seven apostasies, which means that they left Jehovah and sought other gods. And they made two big mistakes. One is they began to have unity with the nations that were with them, which God had told them not to do. And two, they began to worship their gods, which God told them not to do. There was apostasy. Seven times there was this apostasy. Seven times they were conquered by seven different nations. Seven times they went into servitude. And seven times God brought them deliverance. You would think they would finally learn. And that's why after the judges, you get into where Samuel was used by God to anoint them a king. So these things are mentioned here. But now I want you to take your Bible, look in the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24 and look in verse 14. This is what he says in Joshua 24 and verse 14. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in the Egypt and serve ye the Lord. So they were told what to do. And then in verse 15 he says, And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Either serve God or serve some false God. But make up your mind. Don't be a fence straddler. Either get in or get out. Get on or get off. Get with it or forget it. But don't play the game. Be sincere and do right. But if you don't, you're, going, you're a compromiser. And you compromise truth. And there's people's destinies that are at stake while Christians fiddle. You know, I heard that Nero was, what was he doing while Rome burned? He was fiddling. Some people say that Obama is doing the same thing. Now, we're supposed to have a commander in thief, I mean, commander in chief, that is stealing the people blind of everything that they have and wasting our substance on things that. Well, there's another story. I, I have to fight sometimes my impulse. Well, look what he says here in verse 15. 
He says, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on that were on the other side of the flood or on or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And because a strong man took a strong stand, he influenced other people. And that's why you always have to have good, strong leadership. In your home, the man ought to be strong. Take a strong leadership. He also says here in verse 16, And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Isn't that wonderful? They heard what he said, and they did it. And so everything is wonderful. And so I want you to see this also. Look there in verse 20, where he says, if, if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt. Forsake the Lord, number one. Serve strange gods, number two. He says, he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he had done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, nay, but we will serve the Lord. Now let me ask you this. Is it going to make a difference on how you live your life? There's a God in heaven that had these words written in his word so that we would learn from that. Romans chapter 15, that we're supposed to, you know, learn from that which has been written because it was written, not necessarily to us, but for us. And we're supposed to be wiser because of these stories in the Bible. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So we're supposed to know this, and we're supposed to believe it, and it's supposed to make a difference. Now look in verse 24. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. And so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. And then up there it says... That in verse 29, it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, been 110 years old. So, yes, he lived to be a ripe old age, and God blessed. But see, you're supposed to listen and learn from what Joshua did. He obeyed, God blessed. You get to the book of Judges, you see where they disobeyed, and God had to chasten. In your Christian life, that's why you see some Christians, they're up and they're down. They're up. And they're down. They're like a yo-yo. And their whole Christian life is like that. And you're not going to have the peace that you want, the stability that you want, the joy that you want. And there's a, a price to pay. Now take your Bible and look in the book of Judges chapter 3. Judges chapter 3. And look in verse 7. Chapter 3 and verse 7. And you'll notice that there's... Uh, these scriptures right here, verses 5, 6, and 7 out there. This is talking about the first apostasy. This is when they left and they left Jehovah and served other gods. It says that in the last part of verse 6. Verse 7, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. God was mad. Now, remember the people in Joshua's day says, we will not forsake the Lord. We will not forget. But now you find out they forgot. They forgot. And they did not do what God wanted them to do. And see there in that verse 7, and forgot the Lord their God. They forgot. 
You'd be surprised how you'll read the scripture and he'll tell you over and over again, remember, 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 remember. Remember the Lord in the days of thy youth and serve the Lord in the days of thy youth. You're supposed to remember. And so when you don't remember, it's just like you never knew it at all. Memory is very important in your growth with the Lord. So I want you to take your Bible and look at another scripture with me. And this is, if you'll notice there in these verses, he's talking about the things that God was going to do. Uh, go back there to chapter 2. Chapter 2. And you'll notice there in chapter 2 in verse 1. Chapter 2 in verse 1. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, and now he's going to tell them two things that he said. I said this, but I also said this. Some people only hear one part or sometimes only hear what they want to hear and they don't hear the other part. So he says here, I said, and underline this, I will never break my covenant with you. So this is the Abrahamic covenant. And God says, I will not break my covenant. See, his covenant was that he would have a descendant. He's going to have a seed come down the road that's going to be the son of God that's going to make a payment and the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. The families of the nations are going to be blessed. And that this seed would possess a land and God was going to give them a particular piece of land that they would have. It would be theirs forever. And that's why we believe even to this day, regardless of how the world lines up and what Russia wants to do and about the Middle East, God promised a piece of land over there to Israel and Israel is going to end up with it. All of it. It goes all the way over to the Tigris and Euphrates. It's going to get it all. And down to the Nile River, he's going to, they're going to get it all one of these days. Because the property that God gave to them is a lot bigger than what you have them over now with a little slice of a piece of pie. And so it was also to bless the world through Christ. So there was a, a Abrahamic covenant. God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to do this. So look what else he says here. So as you study, you'll find out that this is about the covenant-keeping God and the covenant-breaking people. Israel broke the covenant over and over and over again. But God says, I said, and then he says there in verse 2, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. No covenants. And he also says, and, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Because he said, no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars. You're not to worship their gods. And they, were, they broke both of them. But see, God is bound by his word. He must keep his word. Though he can chasten Israel, he cannot annihilate Israel. Moses even prayed, kill them all and start all over again. <laughs> I can't. I gave my word. You see, what you learn from all of this is that here you are, you trusted Christ as your Savior. God has promised me eternal life. God has promised that I'm going to get a new body someday. God has already promised me that I got a reservation in heaven. And God's promised me that he'll never cast me out, never lose me. So regardless of what I do, 
God can't break his word. God can't break his covenant. But he says, I also said that if you disobey me, now I'm going to keep my word, what I promised, but I'm going to beat the tar out of you. And you can learn that from studying these books. All this is just picture Israel as though it was just a person. Israel is a person. And here's this person that was down in Egypt. And here's this person that went across the Red Sea. And here's this person that goes into the wilderness. And here's this person that goes into the land. And here's this person that obeyed the Lord and reaped God blessed. And here's this person that rebelled against the Lord and God chased them. And so God has had them in the land. God's had them out of the land. But they've always been a people. That is eternal security. So when you read that, you know when God gives His word, God has to keep His word. He is a covenant-keeping God. But now notice what else He says here in verse three: "Wherefore I and you are on the line these two words. They're small, but they're being powerful. Also said, I also said this. I said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, as their God shall be a snare unto you." And so. You didn't obey me. You got some thorns in your side. And every time when you want to enjoy, something's going to prick you and rob you. See, when you understand this, if you choose to rebel against the Lord, you're still God's child. But your heavenly father wants you to know. He said, I also told you that I can chasten you and discipline you. And I'm going to put a hedge of thorns about you. And every decision you make is going to wind up hurting you. You're going to smart. You're torturing yourself by your rebellion and your disobedience. So, yeah, you can go ahead and do it. But God says, I also told you this. So I want you to take your Bible and look in the book of Exodus in chapter 23. The book of Exodus. Oh, going back there to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus 23. And look in verse 32. And notice what he says here. These two verses, 32, 33. He says, now this is when, before they ever got to the land. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They broke that, didn't they? Then he says in verse 33, thou shalt not dwell in thy land. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their God, it will surely be a snare unto thee. So when God says that later on over in the book of Judges, all God's doing is keeping his word. If they had just read, studied the word, they'd know if we do this, God's going to do this. If we do that, God's going to do that. Can't you see that? Why, if you know that this is true, why would you rebel against God? When you know that God is going to keep his word. And God can chasten you. And you may live, chase all your little dreams, and waste your life. And there's a price to pay. But some people never learn.